Uh, do you want to find out what's making news? I do. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Oh, it just makes me want to graze in a paddock. Graze in the grass. Yeah. Um, this feels a bit weird, actually. We've talked about so much on the show today, haven't we? We've we- covered a lot of bases. A lot. And I might as well just cover a couple more completely unrelated to sport, if I may. Well, they might be related. It's up to you. We'll so um, i got to bring up a man by the name of Ray Kurzweil. Mm. You'll know Ray well, of course. Um, he's a bit of an expert when it comes to predicting things. As per this article, Steph, um, apparently he predicted back in 1990 that a computer would be able to beat the world's best chess player before the year 2000 in 1997. Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov, so he predicted that pre-2000. He also said in the past that mobile handheld devices such as smartphones would be the future, and they were. So another tick there for uh, Ray. He also reckons that an AI will beat the Turing test, which is a test of whether they are um, aware, self-aware. He reckons that'll happen before 2030. But here's the big one, Steph. He believes that humans will reach immortality in the next decade. Decade? Yeah, before the next decade, actually. Where are we all going to fit if no one dies? Well, and do you want that? No. Like, do you want to be immortal? I don't know if you want that. No. Like, surely a couple of hundred years, I'll take that. But I don't oh, really want to be around. you want to see the Warriors win a title, so you probably Oh, yeah, banter, go. banter. Um, <laughs> well, no, you just don't want to be around for, you know, forever. Um, so anyway, but that's what he thinks. And look, judging by Ray's previous record Steph he's, he's, like, on he's like the octopus at the World Cup you was know? this dated like right now so we've got till 2033 uh, yeah and actually says by the end of this decade does he mean the 23rd like by the end of 2030 that's a bit scary actually that is seven scary. years that's not a lot they've got a lot of work to do in seven years um, speaking of science and all things human wow you've chucked the phrase out what all things very true, but it, it, it fits though in this okay. context, right? And it's what's making you, so we can break the boundaries a little bit here because there's a few learnings that these people have made over the course <laughs> of the last few years, Steph. <laughs> DNA from Beethoven's here. This is how this is the lengths people are going to now to find out how Beethoven actually died because there's a lot of conjecture as, as to how he died, how he passed away. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if you know this, but March 26th, this, this Sunday marks uh, 196 years since he died. Wow. He died on March 26, 1827. A lot of people have been studying how he died. Um, apparently, he had bad liver. We knew he had a, um, a drinking problem, apparently. Was he deaf? He was deaf, wasn't he, Beethoven? Yes. Yeah. And he had a severe stomach ailments. So, get this. Five locks of his hair. They've somehow procured five locks of his hair. DNA, te- hair he DNA testing and science. Hashtag science. And uh, they've found out that um, it was probably a liver-damaging hepatitis B infection in the last month of his life. Wow. Yeah. That's what they've come to by just analysing his hair. Ridiculous. I bet he would have liked to be immortal. I would have liked him to. First of all, where did they get the five hairs from? Who who was holding on to that? Oh, they'll be somewhere. Someone held on to the five hairs? Probably. Like in a cabinet or is it one of those sort of pull out steel drawers <laughs> in an office somewhere <laughs> locked up? Is it in a systema? Did someone in the 1820s put it in a systema? Snap lock. I don't know. Mm. Five locks of here, yeah. Almost uh 
they reckon it's um, almost you know, sort of 99% genetically accurate, etc. Mm. Mm. Very bizarre. And uh, finally, big shout out to Mr. Pickles. What's he done? Big shout out to Mr. Pickles, the uh, radiant 90-year-old tortoise, the oldest animal at the Houston Zoo. Big shout out to Mr. Pickles along with his partner, 53-year-old Mrs. Pickles, who have welcomed three hatchlings into the world. And I just had to bring that up because how many 90-year-olds welcome in three hatchlings? into the world uh, you know on a, on a sort of regular basis so big shout out to Mr Pickles and his wife Mrs Pickles 40 years his junior doing a great job Mr P fantastic great Mr. job P. Mr P and you want a fact yep the most productive day of the week scientifically what do you think it is I think you'll get this right scientifically the most productive yeah looking at the stats looking at the numbers I was going to say Monday but uh, judging by some of the youngsters here that's a very um, bold re- regular sick day so I'll go Tuesday it's great you've made a fantastic choice the most productive day of the week is Tuesday um, studies have shown this why Steph because everyone knows on a Monday you're still you're still getting over the weekend you come back to a lot of emails and this is actually the key thing they found that everyone comes back on a Monday gets through all the emails, figures out everything they have to do for the week, and then Tuesday they come in and implement. Mm. And then by Wednesday, you start to slow up a little bit. Thursday, Friday, you're thinking about the weekend. So Tuesday, the most productive day of the week as per the science.